0: I was just about to say we knew the day would come but I didn't know and I certainly didn't know what it would feel like or how I would react to the very reality the very reality did she forget how to talk I think so the very real reality of finding somebody new to get serious with in a romantic way which is happening to me currently. I know that I had an episode about dating with a guy and I look back on that and I'm glad that I did that because I think, you know, when you look back on your process, you're like, oh God, what was I thinking in any situation, trauma or no trauma? Um, mainly you look at your bangs in a previous picture and you're like, what the fuck was that all about? In my situation, it was like, did I do the right thing in terms of figuring out my life post-Allen in a way that was smart for me, and smart for the people around me. And the answer isn't always yes. I mean, I made some mistakes. and made choices, I guess, about what to do with my life, and men in particular, after Alan died. But I kind of sort of stabilized after a little bit, and started looking for men to date, because I wanted to not be alone, because being lonely is really hard. You're gonna grieve alone no matter what, especially if you're processing something that's yours to take on. But then on top of that, you go to bed alone every night, you make decisions alone, your finances are alone, like everything you do is is alone when the person that you spent every, you know, all this time with drops out of your life and you realize things that you took for granted You could put your hand on my arm and I could cry because I haven't had somebody do that, you know, maybe in a week, two weeks, a month. I have had a conversation on this podcast about dating and um, the way it made me feel. I didn't know what I was talking about, you guys. (laughs) Uh, I'm really nervous to do this. I don't know why. I'm so... I do know why. I do know why because it's super... It's super vulnerable, and it involves somebody else that's not me. I can share all day long, as you well know, about my situation and my grief, and also about Alan, because he's not here. I think if I were talking about him and he was alive, I would feel differently, obviously, because I would be like, wow, this person's on this earth, and you get to form an opinion of him that he can hear about and challenge and maybe not agree with. But he's not, so I get to control the narrative, which is maybe the one like, cool thing. Not cool. But the one thing I have going for me is that I'm able to sort of (laughs) spread my thoughts about Alan worldwide on my time in my way. And he's not going to say anything about it. But this is new and interesting and different because I'm going to be talking about somebody that is very much in this world and I don't anticipate, I really hope, isn't going anywhere anytime soon. And I told him that I needed to process some stuff and he was very gracious and was like, however you need to process it. Like, ah, oh, that's great. And now I'm like, did you mean it? <laughs> so Craig, remember? You might not. It doesn't matter. I doesn't matter. He dumped me, right? Like a week after he was like, let's be, re- I'm ready to get serious. He dumped me. And I like made that episode about getting dumped because I had never, you know, experienced that before. Death By blood clot, yeah, check that box. Dumping, Mm mm-mm. So all new experiences over in this, you know, realm. And I'm just, like, living my life, and I'm not... I was like, you know what? I don't know why I'm forcing this. Like, I just need to be myself and just have fun with my friends and be who I am and throw myself into work. There's no reason and there's no timeline for dating. Like, I can just live. And then... I get a call, a FaceTime <laughs> from my friend who is like, I have this guy that I was hanging out with and he is really funny, he's making me laugh. And I just immediately was like, Janine, I think you need to meet this person. Would you be interested in that? It was very kind of her to ask instead of just being like, here's this guy's number. And I was like, I mean, I guess, like, I don't know. I've never been set up before either, new stuff. But because of social media, like, it's not as daunting. You can see pictures on Facebook and you can, you know, you can stalk a little bit instead of just blindly going into something. Um, and so we started talking with, uh, through Instagram. <laughs> and it's interesting because the, the, the way he started chatting with me is he slid into my DMs, you know, <laughs> through a video, like, I made a video of me playing Breath of the Wild a Zelda game that Alan introduced me to that I hadn't played much of after he died because I didn't want to touch anything that seemed like he just had his hands on. Like when I started up the game for the first time after he died, the last time, like, you know, it says like when you last played the game and it was at 1230 on the day he died because we played it. I played it. He watched me play it until I had to go to this cabaret and then he died. So it was like looking, you know, dead ahead of this time capsule of like, you know, Sometimes I forget it happened, and I know I don't, I don't, I don't really forget it happened. I just can like keep it in a little box for a little while. And when things like that happen, like you see it blatantly in front of you, you know, August twenty sixth, the twelve thirty five, like the day comes rushing back to you, and it, it's like you know the word triggered. I don't love to say. I don't want to use it a lot. I don't think it's. It's overused, but it really is like that's the moment where you're like, "Oh fuck, this thing actually happened to me." I'm zoomed back into that time and place. So anyway, long story short, I was trying to get over that hump and play this game that he would love that I was still playing like he would be upset to know that I, you know, swore off video games because he died. What a travesty. So I'm playing this game and Joe slides in and is like gives me like the fire emoji and it may be really cheesy and stupid that I remember that specifically but I do and it was just like he was into that and I just that sticks in my brain because it's a it's one of many like connections that Alan and Joe share like I wasn't just like taking a selfie of me or like doing something about me it was something that I do and like doing because of the relationship that I had with Alan And that's one of the big pieces that I'm processing um, when looking at my life as a whole is I've done a lot of work on missing Alan the person and grieving Alan the human being and grieving my relationship with him and the fact that it will never be again. But as I'm getting more involved and in-depth with this person... I'm realizing also that, like, my relationship with Alan is something to unpack regardless of death. Like, I haven't even touched it. Alan and I didn't really—we did work on our relationship. We communicated. We did all the things as two people. But now that it sort of stopped, I haven't really looked at it. Like, when you break up with someone, you go back, I assume, you go back and look at the relationship and you're like, Okay, what did I do wrong? What did they do wrong? What am I looking for moving forward that I didn't get here— And what do I definitely want? You know, you you think about those things. I didn't because this ended differently. I wasn't looking to fix anything because nothing in my brain was broken. He just dropped out of the fucking race. (laughs) I didn't want to search for someone like Alan or someone not like Alan. I just wanted someone. And I just wanted to figure out why it even happened in the first place. You know, so I just, the little nitpicky you know, deep dive into what made their relationship work wasn't in the forefront of my mind because I didn't want a new one. I just wanted Alan back. And now that time, which is the master healer, like, it's just the craziest thing for me to be able to process in a different way and look back and realize that, like, I'm not getting Alan back. And even that sentence alone, it has taken me, you know, over two years to to really feel it, and there are days where I just simply refuse to believe it's still true, and I'm sure that will last forever, but it's getting easier to understand the magnitude of that statement, that he's never coming back, that we're never going to pick up where we left off, that I'm not going to figure out how to say to him, oh my god, I've done all this work on myself, and I understand who I am and what I want, and I did all that work while you were dead, and so now you're back, and we can figure this out, you know? So, Joe is helping me understand that I, you know, my relationship with Alan wasn't perfect, and I knew that. We had a lot of problems, but we worked through them because we respected and liked each other more than we didn't. And so it often came down to the fact that we didn't want to be apart, even if it was hard sometimes to be together. And I think a lot of couples deal with that. But there were consistent things that kept, you know, creeping back up, and we would table them, and we'd move on. And as I'm going through the beginning initial steps with this person with Joe and doing things like going on dates which I didn't do with Alan because we were in college and we just sort of were like huh all right and like going you know out for the first time together like seeing his place and like meeting his dog and like learning about his routine and what makes him happy and what he does and his past like all these things as adults that you do I didn't know because I knew Alan's past. I mean, I knew Alan. The thing I didn't know about Alan was he was like an Eagle, like an Eagle Scout. (laughs) Like I've known him since he was 18. So there was nothing to learn. He was learning with me. We were learning together and we were making memories and stuff together. And that's a relationship thing. And that's part of knowing somebody when you were a kid. With Joe, he has a whole past. And so do I. And my past and his are not easy ones. And they have a lot of stuff. And that is really, the word exciting isn't fair to be like, I'm psyched about your baggage. But like, it's nice to know that you're not, everybody has stuff. And I've never been one to try and like, trump somebody. Sorry about that word. We should have, that word should probably go, huh? Can we find a new way? It's such a good word when you're talking about like, trumping someone or like a suit when you're playing poker, right? Like trumps. ugh, fucking ruined everything. Even a word in the English language. What a piece of shit. Anyway, I forgot I was going to say I got upset. Oh, I would never try and compete with somebody about my shit. I'm never going to say that the fact that Alan died is more important or more traumatic than anything you've gone through because we're all living our lives and we process things differently and the world is filled with such bullshit that, like, who am I to say that my stuff ranks anywhere? It's just stuff. It ranks for me and how I process and what I'm dealing with in my world. But it's not. It's not better or worse than something else that has happened to you. And I think that that outlook. I'm I'm proud of that outlook because I think it's hel- it has helped me in a major way in the ability to interact and relate to human beings because i think if i thought like really thought that i w- was in some sort of elite category because of what happened to me then i wouldn't really be able to live my life the way that i want to so i am i mean it when i say it and i and i hope i convey it to people and i hope nobody thinks that i'm like full of shit cuz i really do i mean i joke about it a lot like you know being in a club or being like i'm sorry my boyfriend died so <laughs> but i don't really mean it i I handle my pain in my own way and it really has nothing to do with anybody else and if you come to me and say that you went through a really horrible breakup or you know whatever the fuck happened to you it's just as important because it caused you pain so pain is pain and why the hell am I gonna try and make you smaller than me or matter less what does that serve you know so what was my point? I just started patting myself on the back for processing grief and lost, the <laughs> lost the whole plot. Oh, because yeah. So Joe, you know, Joe's got stuff, and I've got stuff, and I'm ner- I was nervous because I don't know obviously what it's like to date somebody with a dead boyfriend in your back pocket at all times. And at, and at first, I you know didn't want to bring up Alan a lot because I you know. You want to be like, I'm all focused on you, the person that I'm trying to, you know, kiss on the mouth. But we would start telling each other stories about things and, like, explaining why we are the way we are or, like, memories we've had. And he was bringing up his ex, who he didn't want to be with, and I wasn't getting mad about that. So I was like, hmm, maybe I can start bringing Alan into the story, who I, who, like, see, I almost said who I do want to be with, but I it is, oh. okay, here's the thesis statement of what I'm trying to say here. And I'm going all over the place and I appreciate you listening to me at all, but many of you are not and that's okay. You're like, okay, I'm bye. This person, that Joe, Joe is a big deal, y'all, because he is making me grateful. <laughs> He's making me really grateful for this time after alan dying he's making me grateful that i have been working on myself that i've been processing that i know who i am that i have been able to get up in the morning because it it led me to him Ugh. and i <laughs> and i'm really trying not to it, i operate from guilt mainly y'all know this, right? I've been guilty since I want to say the day I was born, but I know that's not true. My guilt stems from a relationship that I had with my dad and my stepmother. And ever since I was a kid, I always feel like some things, things are my fault and I feel bad that I even caused anybody any pain, right? So guilt trumps, uh, that word, guilt is the main ingredient in the recipe of Janine for the most part. So cool, cool, cool. I'm now navigating the fact that if Alan hadn't died, I wouldn't be in a relationship with Joe. And that makes me really sad. Like if my timeline with Alan were to continue and Joe never entered it, I would be missing out on a lot. That's hard to feel because of course I want Alan alive. I shouldn't even have to say it, you idiots. <laughs> just kidding. But I also want Joe alive <laughs> and I want to be alive in a world with Joe. So it carries a duality that I have not yet experienced. It's not an easy one to hold. Being happy and sad at the same time because you're glad you're with friends and you're grateful for the things that have come out of Alan's death is is one thing. But to have something in complete opposition like, if this didn't happen, then this would not happen. Like, really, right here, and something that's exactly not the same, but like filling that same space. A boyfriend, a companion. Fuck. Not to mention, they would fucking like each other. Like, I know it, which is great, which is helpful for me. I think that I, I mean, I don't think that I would be with somebody who Alan wouldn't approve of, not just because, like, I don't need a ghost's permission, okay? My new band name, Ghost's Permission. (laughs) I don't need Alan's permission, but I just, I think that, you know, the course of my life has led me, you know, being 18 to 30, dating this guy, obviously, we influence each other. He would do things, I would do things, because of this time we spent together. It's just inevitable. Joe likes me for who I am. He likes me for me, not because I'm something like Liberace. <laughs> Liberace? Is that right? Anyway, I'm sorry. He likes me for who I am, but who that is is made up of pieces that Alan definitely influenced. There's no there's no question about that. I like board games, and I'm I like Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm into what I'm into for a lot of reasons that Alan was definitely a part of. I also like the things I like because I'm who I am because of who I am, but you can't, you know, everyone's a product of their own experiences. And Alan was a huge part of my experience. So Joe liking me, falling for me, whatever, has to do with Alan's influence a ton, Um, which is great. I like it because it makes me think that Alan set me up to be with this person who... I'm fucking so about, you guys. (laughs) (sighs) Like, I can't, I tell him this all the time. So, like, I'm not, like, sharing any secrets. But, like, I don't understand what he's doing with me. Which I know, like, gross, gross, gross. I get that I have merit and I'm cool. I understand. I'm not trying to be, like, oh, please. But, like, I think he's fucking top of, like, he, oh. I, so this is another thing, right? So like physically I'm like beyond attracted to him. He walked, he, I remember he walked, we went to a board game cafe. Another thing, right? Our first day was at a board game cafe, which was a total Alan move. Like if, if it were around when Alan was alive, we would be there all the time. So he walks in and I like, can't, move. I don't know what to do because I'm so like who, I was like, this can't be the guy. Cause this is not him. And he was like, Janine. And I was like, huh! right. So like from then on, right. And then I got to know him. So it like skyrocketed. But like, I, I'm i grateful that he's into me for all the reasons, but as we're sort of growing together and learning together, we're also processing our shit, right? He's processing this breakup, I'm processing Alan, and I feel like, I don't know, so at first I, I kept Alan at bay, because I didn't want to bring up experiences and stories, but I also didn't want to not do those things, and then all of a sudden be like, oh right, here's a hundred stories about my dead boyfriend that I've kept, you know, on the back burner so it's not to scare you, but here they all come, right? So I started to sort of ease into them, talk about it just as I would like a friend, you know, like, oh yeah, Will and I did this thing, Sam and I did this thing, Alan and I did this thing. And then like, as we've been sort of talking, it's come out more and more because, and here's the part that I'm like, <laughs> about, is that there are things about Joe... That I'm enjoying that I did not know how to enjoy with Alan is the best way I can put it because I'm really, really trying not to compare. Because it is apples and oranges. Alan is not the person Joe is, and our relationship was not the way Joe is. And the fact that I can even do what I'm doing with Joe is because Alan existed. But even like the fucking phrase, like the idea that like Alan walked, so I I, like so I could run with, like, I walked with Alan so I could run with Joe. It's fucking garbage. I don't mean that. And I don't want it to be true. Also, I hate that I did that because he died from knee surgery. How fucking insensitive can you get, Janine? Jesus. I don't want Alan to be a stepping stone to me getting to, like, my true fulfillment of my life. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't, that can't be true. He doesn't deserve to be, like... A link in the chain. Like, he's the chain with me. We're the chain. But also, he's not here, so I can't also just stop, right? I can't full stop. I can't be. I mean, I guess I could shut down and not date anybody and never know love or happiness, but what fucking life? And everyone's always like, what would he want? And I know he wouldn't want that. I know that for a million reasons. I don't need. uh, Duh. But. Thinking it and knowing it and then doing it and feeling it are two different things. They really are. Because there are moments with Joe where I couldn't be happier, which is, <laughs> it's wild. Like, he makes me feel seen and cared about in a way that I never thought possible. And it is wonderful. So why isn't my tone matching the words that are coming out of my mouth? Because I'm guilty. Because I don't feel like I... I don't feel like I deserve it. And not because I don't think I deserve it. But because, like, it's hard to navigate getting something you want out of something so awful. It's really not... Good. (laughs) it's really not good and it's amazing. And it's duality in like the grossest way that I like don't wanna feel and experience. And I don't want anyone judging me. Like that's my biggest fear and I'm trying to pretend it's not, but I'm making a fucking podcast. Like I could run away and never tell anyone this, but I have to because I think it's really important because if anyone's feeling these feelings anyway, it's important that you know that it's real and it doesn't mean you're a bad person. I'm trying to convince myself. I don't think I'm a bad person. So here's the biggest example I can tell you. And I'm not going to try. I'm not going to get too personal here. <laughs> she says about her podcast about dead people. <laughs> I'm not. My body. Okay. Let's not get personal. I have had body issues forever. Right. And like you join the fucking club. Everyone's saying, you know, I've, I've never been a shape that has matched what society's into. I haven't always been bigger, but I have been curvy and I've always felt that. Always. I was friends with skinny girls all my life and never felt like I was the same as them. And that yo-yoed, and then it was awesome, and then I was Tracy and hairspray and fucking loved every second of it, and I've done all these diet things or worked out and felt really good about myself or really shitty about myself. Either way, it's been a constant struggle. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about myself as bigger. And Alan never leaned, like, he never made me feel fat ever, but it was a constant, he was a tall, thin guy and, like, liked curves, but liked a lot of different types of body types. And he was very um, vocal about when I would go to the gym or when I would be working out, he was very supportive. And of course he was trying to be supportive, but sometimes it would teeter on a moment where I would feel like, Oh, if I were thinner, he would be more into this. I felt that way. And I wish I had talked to him more about it. And I wish I had been more vocal about how sometimes his comments made me feel. Oh my gosh, guys. Sorry about that. Hey, um, that was my alarm. I wish I had been more vocal about how his comments made me feel because I think he would have amended them. But again, I didn't think about it and I thought I would have more time with him. But I don't... I've never felt sexy. That's not true. I felt sexy, but I've never continually felt sexy. I've had a day where I'm like, oh, she can get it today. But I've never felt like that's my brand. (laughs) I'm a kind of curvy, like... Chubby, cute thing, right? And I certainly don't think of myself as someone who would turn ahead in a room or make anybody interested in me in that way. Which I'm not saying to make anybody feel bad for me, I'm just trying to fucking talk. Okay, let me fucking talk. On top of, so then, yeah, so, and my relationship with Alan because of it suffered. Because I was always insecure about myself. And so even in the moments where he was totally about me, I couldn't tap into that part of myself because that little voice would eat away at me. Those moments where he would have mentioned a girl he thought was, you know, attractive on TV or we saw earlier that day or whatever. Like, there were lots of insecurities swirling around based on conversations we had had, and I couldn't let them go enough to just kind of give my all to what we were just being us. Never, once, one time, ever ever, in the seven months I have known Joe, and I know that feels like it's a small amount when you're thinking about eight years with Alan, but seven months is a good, decent time, and when I'm telling you not once, not once, not once, have he have I ever felt less than gorgeous in his presence I'm not like he makes me feel like I am just this goddess. And it's hard for me to feel that way. So whatever he's doing, he, I mean, sometimes I'll be like, are you kidding? But then I'm like, oh, you're not kidding. Like, he makes me feel beautiful in not just body image, but in just my whole thing, my whole vibe. Like he's, because like, I'm not going to lie. Like everybody wants to feel sexy or attractive. You want to think you bring something into a room when you walk into it. You want to feel Valued and appreciated on some level, attractive from the inside out, and he makes me feel like that in a way that I've never felt before. And whether it's the fact that he does something that I couldn't tap into with Alan, whether it's that I've be- I believe more in myself in the past couple of years, whatever it is, it's fucking rad. It's great. my insecurities are still there but I believe him and trust him really quickly about that and like the fact that he thinks that of me when I think that of him like a million percent is this really cool moment but I think sometimes because Alan and I our relationship stretched over such a period of time where we were friends and not friends, and then we were enemies, like fucking hated each other, and then fucking were in love with each other, and then like tried to kind of stabilize throughout. Like, because of that sort of up and down roller coaster, I think a lot of the time we weren't on the same page, and a lot of the time we were trying to just figure out how to be on the same page, let alone like a best selling book, like fucking write one. You know what I mean? Like, we were often trying to make it work, because we really, really thought we deserved it. And we did. And we found a rhythm that worked for us. But it wasn't, it wasn't the same as this person who, like, from the jump, I, sees me, and I see him, and is a connection that's, like, starting in the, in one spot, and is just going to grow from there. Like, it just feels different, and awesome, and new, and exciting, and makes me feel special. I mean, he told me I set a room on fire when I walk in, which, like, sorry about it, everybody, but, like, who says that to somebody? I, I mean, are you kidding? What a thing to hear from someone you're so, like, about. And so I just feel like I'm, I'm struggling, and this is a bigger thing than I guess just this episode, because I haven't even gotten to the story about the plate. Oh, man, which I wanted to, like, cement and podcast history, clearly. That's award-winning piece of shit. Anyway, I think what I'm trying to start to do is understand that there will be, there might be a really fucking awesome thing that comes out of me being really sad and losing Alan. And it might rock my fucking world, y'all. And I have to be okay with that. And I have to realize that that's here with me and to not let the guilt and sad overwhelm the excitement and joy that it's absolutely bringing me. And I just have to live in the moment, which is, you know, I guess the theme of what we should all be doing anyway. Okay. What do I like this week? I have an essential oils diffuser that I hate saying out loud because it makes me sound pretentious, but Alan's cousin Christine, who's a national treasure, got it for me, and it is amazing, has all these amazing lavender, eucalyptus, sage, all these scents that I'm just like super about, de-stresses me, makes me feel good, I'm into it. I also like Blue Moon, the beer, also something I'm super into right now. (laughs) Oh, I got my hair cut, this is not anything, this is just also news about me, this is nothing. Oh, the new Joker trailer is out, I feel some type of way about it, I love Joaquin Phoenix, I feel like we're done with Joker movies, but this one looks a little different, so I'm excited about that. And, duh, Avengers. And if you haven't seen Us by Jordan Peele, get out and see it. Do you see? So what I did was, um, so Jordan Peele directed a movie first. I'm just kidding. Tell someone you love them and go get some tacos. <laughs>